Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Japanese Village open a serve at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations are now available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. And at 135, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase. They'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Mill Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go online at brentridge.com. Now, Uncle Milt, Rich, and Johnny, they're Oilers fans. There's a couple Flames fans there. We're not going to talk about those guys right now, even though I picked the Flames to beat Dallas in uh, their opening round series. That's a close series. Uh, Again, uh, for the press conference involving uh, Justin Trudeau with the stunningly not surprising resignation of Morneau yesterday uh, and the announcement today moving, uh, involving Christopher Freeland moving over. It's, it was interesting. Uh, yesterday I saw that Mark Carney's name was out there as a rumored potential uh, choice. Uh, Carney at one time, I, I believe, uh, was the chairman of with the Bank of Canada. And... Uh, as to to take over as finance minister, as finance minister, but it is going to be Christopher Freeland. Uh, we will tell you that right now, Global News Radio 880. You can go there if you want to hear uh, Trudeau opine on the decision that has been made. Mark Carney, by the way, was Peter Shirelli's best man at his wedding. How's that for six degrees of uh, Edmonton hockey separation for you? This is Oilers Now. Brendan, just before we get to NHL today uh, for our friends at Elite uh, Promotional Marketing, Haji says, Bob, I'm curious if Spec was a little surprised by the response. His uh, uh, opine uh, opinion uh, relative to Connor and Leon's culpability in the series loss received. You queried several personalities. I've not heard any of the share of Spec's opinion from Haji. Well, again, Mark's entitled to his opinion. Mark and me have often not agreed on everything. I don't think Mark was saying that was the primary reason for the loss. Uh, he's Again, he's entitled here, and we kind of skirted around the issue. So uh, maybe I should have been a little bit more direct and point blank stated, but he's he's written it, he's said it, so he's the type of guy that stands by what he says, whether he's right or wrong. Um, and again, for me, the issue on the team is, uh, you know, didn't get the saves in the uh, playoff series at the critical time. Uh, that said, I think Koskinen realistically would probably only like to have had two goals back. One was on a five-on-three when he was swimming. That was the one that I got upset about, the multitude of uh, power plays that Chicago kept on getting. Was that in game, I think that was in I'm thinking game two or maybe game three. Uh, and then also uh, the game-winning goal in game four. I think if, if Miko was honest with you, he'd tell you that, yeah, good shot by Kubalik, bad read by Dreisaitl, uh, Bear getting knocked off the puck by Taze. All that being said, I, Miko would probably tell you he'd like to have that shot back. And there, therein lies part of the thing. Like, 
usually there's three or four mistakes in every play. The Oilers didn't transition the puck well enough. They didn't get enough stops. They had some complete no-shows. I mean, Zach Cassian and Andreas Athanasiu were slotted in on the Oilers' top two lines, and, and they struggled in that series to impact it in any way, shape, or form. And contrast that with Cassian against San Jose in 2017, where he was fantastic and uh, might have been the Oilers' best player in Game 2 and Game 3 to help Edmonton get uh, low-scoring uh, victories in those games. All right, two NHL today, four. Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. Uh, back in the 630 Chet Studios. By the way, uh, Brendan, uh, there, there's been an announcement that has been made regarding Chorus as well. And, and 630 Chet and a guy Oilers fans have known uh, for years. So why don't you start there because it is now officially out on Twitter. Yeah, I guess back in 1996, uh, then young broadcaster, now uh, program director here at 6.30, Chad Sid Smith has called it a career. He announced his retirement, and he's going to stay on the job through, I guess, August, or pardon me, October 30th. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's it's interesting for me, Bob. It was that, That's the guy who gave me my start in my career, you know, along with yourself. And so, uh, bittersweet day at the office. I was just there for the interview. You were already hired. I could tell that by how Sid talked about you before, so I knew you were getting the job. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's his fault. But uh, now let's uh, let's get to the news of the day involving tragedy. Uh, not tra- well, it is tragic. It's a sad story involving Dale Howard. Chuck. Yeah, he passed away uh, battling with stomach cancer over the last calendar year. Uh, had to step down back in October from the Barry Colts head coaching position. Uh, Fifty-seven years old for Dale Howard. Chuck there. Uh, St. Louis did manage to even their series with Vancouver, two games apiece last night. It was a second straight win on consecutive nights. Colorado pounded Arizona. Seven to one to take a three-one series lead there. Boston beat Carolina to go up three-one. Did Carolina not have a three-nothing lead at some point in that game? Lost it was, it. It was two-nothing going into the third, and Boston had fifteen straight shots, scored four goals. Carolina didn't have a shot on goal. <laughs> so got to four-two. They they scored on their only shot. Uh, today, both the Isles and the Golden Knights can move on. Montreal trying to even things up with Philly in uh, Game 4 before Calgary and Dallas Tango in Game 5. Montreal-Philly on right now. Will not spoil the score for you at home. Uh, three consecutive weeks with no positive COVID tests. I know we mentioned that yesterday, but uh, I think it's impressive enough we should do it again. No positive COVID tests in either bubble. That's from over 5,600 conducted. Senators owner Eugene Melnick says trading top uh, two top five picks for first overall is nonsensical. Habs associate coach Kirk Muller reports that Claude Julien is doing well in his recovery from heart surgery uh, back in Montreal. He's already going for walks after having a stent put in just last week. Sabres loaning goaltender prospect Uko Pekka Lukanen to his Finnish league club. That'll get him some action in during their downtime here, but the 2017 second round pick will return for the start of training camp. All right, let's get to some texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, if you were looking at the Oilers over the season versus the playoff series, why did Tippett break up his top two lines? Casting on the third and fourth line was a travesty. We were outcoached. When a coach loses a playoff series and he's the five series uh, five team against the 12 team, there's going to be criticism of the coaching staff and the fans that comes with the territory. Obviously, the decision to start uh, Miko Koskinen in game one, or sorry, Mike Smith over Miko Koskinen when Koskinen was more consistent in the regular season. Frankly, I thought Miko was better in training camp as well. That has lent itself to some criticism. There's been lots of debate on why wasn't Nugent Hopkins back with uh, Dry Settle and Yamamoto. The Oilers went 14 
between five and five. I believe they outscored the opposition 28 to eight when that line was together, five on five. Um, now, Darcy McLeod, A.K. Woodguy, made a compelling case that the Nugent Hopkins McDavid line killed it and outproduced uh, five on five what most teams would do on the power play. That's how dynamic they were together. Uh, Cassian, Brendan? I don't have a problem with the fact that Cassian was pulled off that line after game number one. I mean, you got to impact the series. Did he impact the series? He did not impact the series. Not physically, not getting in shooting lanes. And he knows yeah. that. Yeah, well, and he's, I mean, and that's that's one of the things that's problematic for Zach here is he's not on the power play and he's not on the PK and he's on a four-year deal at $3.2 million. I think part of the, you know what, in, in fairness to Zach, I'll say this, Brandon, I don't think this was the series for him. Chicago came in and wanted to play a no-hitter series. Uh, if this was the Calgary Flames, I think Zach Cassian would have had a way bigger part of it. And he is going to get a shot at redemption because he's got a four-year deal. Athanasiu on the second line in training camp in the first week uh, is, is, you know, I mean, a restricted free agent at $3 million, unless Darren Ferris is really proactive, and I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Like you, would you bring him back $3 million and qualify him? Not at that price tag. Absolutely not. And I have no confidence that Darren Ferris will negotiate down and say, hey, give my guy one year at uh, two million bucks. This text comes in. Bob, did you ask Joe Monford if an NCAA team could beat a CFL team? Uh, Yes, I I believe I did back in the mid-2000s. And I'm here to tell you that I I, I believe there's teams in the NCAA. And part of it, uh, with all due respect, uh, has to do with the... The old theory, you're only as good as your worst player. And there's X amount of guaranteed spots. And frankly, the level of... uh, And Joe said, I was completely out to lunch, so take it for what it's worth. But I believe that there's years that top-end NCAA teams could beat CFL teams. And and part of it has to do with the the lack of depth on the Canadian side, which which, which is the issue. And I know there's people out like it's Brendan. It's a funny argument, right? Like people say, "Well, there's no way Tim Tebow could play quarterback in the CFL." Tim Tebow was a starting quarterback for Denver Broncos team that willed themselves to a playoff spot. Okay, and he was not an elite quarterback, but he was their number one quarterback that year. Ricky Ray was a star quarterback in the CFL and held a clipboard in the NFL. Very few guys have been able to transition from being. Uh, great CFL quarterbacks to NFL quarterbacks. Warren Moon did it. But that was partial, partially at that time an issue of lack of openness uh, towards black quarterbacks in the NFL game. Uh, so I do think that top-end programs that have a, a list of five-star recruits out of high school, those programs could beat CF, some CFL teams in a given year. And I know a little about Canadian talent because I broadcast university football for a long time. And, uh, you know, there's some challenges there, to, to say the least. So I know that's not a popular take, but that is my take. And I'm not the only one that thinks that way, just so you know. There's lots of guys that have uh, worked and played in the league that feel that way as well, especially guys that maybe came out. Back to the Tebow thing. Do you know how much he makes doing television, by the way, Brendan? What do you think, Tebow? It's preposterous. They pay him a ton of money. 
Right. So, I can't well, remember how many millions, but it's up there. Well, it's, I think he makes 800000 a year. Uh, yeah, Up, upwards of, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right, right. And so why would he come and, and play in the CFL for 400 Like a top quarterback in the CFL is making four four fifty a year. If you have a chance to do all the other things you want to do and then be an analyst on college football, <laughs> I think I'd be taking uh, the other route. And that's that's part of the problem. But... Uh, well, what do I know? I don't. I don't know anything. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, would you take AA at two million? I'd still have to think about it. What about yourself? One point five for sure. But he's a third or fourth liner. Here's the frustration I have with Athanasiu. I don't like his read and react game. I mean, the reason Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, and Yamamoto were so good together is because they could make plays in tight confines and they can think and process a game. And Nuge can do that with McDavid as well. Um, and so when James Myrtle comes on the show, and, and I'll ask Brendan this, just from a team-building perspective, I mean, I asked uh, James about Kapanen, and he's not convinced that Kapanen's a top-six player because he doesn't basically share the same type of brain as a guy like Tavares and Matthews. Now, I got I got time for Kapanen. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, he's, he's a high work ethic guy, right? I think that's sort of been his calling card all the way through. Now, is his ceiling a third-line right winger? Quite possibly, but that doesn't mean that you have to sort of write him off. The difference in those two instances, Bob, in my opinion, is that Athanasiu hasn't had as much time to sort of gel uh, with the roster as Kapanen would have had over the last few seasons to gel with Right. what Toronto's had going on. So, you know, it, it's almost a shame that Double uh, A didn't have a little bit more, even one extra year to actually get a longer run to see if he's able to start riffing. Because is it a lack of hockey IQ or is it just a lack of, of opportunity because he's bounced around on some of these different Oilers lines for him to genuinely be able to feel where he needs to be off of his line mates? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think I think there's no question you have to give players time after trade. The problem for the Oilers is they got to qualify him at three million or work out a deal. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about Tyson Berry when we come back on Oilers Now. It's one forty-eight at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad one fifty in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over fifty years. Royal Pizza offering curbside pickup, takeout options for a menu and a list of their thirteen Edmonton and area locations. Go online at RoyalPizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To our injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers, uh, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the gang at James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. Visit them at jameshbrown.com. Tyler Ennis uh, suffering a significant lower body injury. Uh, Brendan, would you bring him back? On a one-year deal, say, under a million bucks. Oh, in a heartbeat. I think that uh, he gelled so quickly, it seemed, no matter where he went, and they could use a little experience. I love that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to hit on injury-wise here? Yeah, the big one uh, out of the St. Louis Blues camp, Vlad Tarasenko leaving the bubble here in Edmonton. He's going back to St. Louis to have that surgically repaired shoulder looked at. That's the same injury that cost him all but 10 regular season games. So big news there. Caps forward Nick Backstrom, a game-time decision, decision again. He hasn't played since game one. And you got to assume Matthew Kachuk, a game-time decision for Calgary as well. All right. Brad has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, would you try to get Luke Clendenning as a third line center. He and Athanasiu worked well together in Detroit from Brad. Here's the problem I have with that. 
they went and brought in, you know, uh, Ken Holland, Archie Henderson, Tyler Wright were the guys that came over from Detroit. They brought in Mike Green. Uh, he got hurt and, uh, you know, took a fly. And I think they could have used Green in the playoffs. They could have used a little bit of experience, but he elected not to play, which is totally his prerogative. Extraordinary circumstances. And then they made the trade for Athanasiu. Do you keep going to the Detroit well if you go and get Glenn Denny? I don't know if you can do that, but doesn't mean that I'm uh, right. Again, you can text us at 780-49. Just sorry, Bob, to jump in here. I'm looking at his stats, and he's well over 50% in the last three seasons in the face-off dots. So that's where I would make the case for a guy like Glenn Denning is because we know that's where they need help a lot. What's his uh, ticket at? Is he a one? I thought he was one point eight million. I haven't looked at Detroit for a while, but uh, uh, let's see here. I'll pull it up right now. I mean, I think he's a fourth line center. He's definitely a Ken Hitchcock favorite. Like he came all the way up out of the ECHL. Like he was playing in Toledo at uh, one point. Uh, Luke Glendening is making 1.8 million he's in the last year of his deal he can play all three forward positions uh he is a right is he a right shot oh okay that might have me i'd have to look at his advanced analytics i know that i mean he went minus 29 last year but their whole team was minus so to me useful third line player or sorry useful fourth line player i don't know if he's a third line center tyson berry tyson berry what do you think I think he is the type of player the Oilers have been missing the last couple of years. When you talk about a puck mover, you talk about a mobile defenseman, he, he's that guy. And for whatever reason, listen, it just isn't working in Toronto for him, you know. But uh, he's always been that an offensive presence. So I like that. It's just a matter of how do they get it done. Well, I mean, the way they get it done is they would have to move Larson. Out. They're not moving out Ethan Bear, and they're not moving out Bouchard. Because you're going to need players, and like Ethan Bear is going to get uh, a one-year deal this year, and then he'll get his long-term deal. That's how those deals work for players that don't have arbitration rights. Uh, so if you moved Lars, the only way you could do it is if you moved Lars and then brought in Tyson Berry. If I if that happened, I would move Clefbaum off the first unit power play, and I think that might help him. But just focus on being a, a, a solid defender. It's going to take some uh, numbers away from him in terms of points, but you already got him under contract, and you have Barry on your first unit power play. I'd be very intrigued to see uh, that for me. Uh, Bob, the orders need uh, – Bob, it's insane. If Clendenning isn't working in Detroit, why would he work here? Need to stop getting reclamation projects and look at people with real promise. Um uh, and Paul says, what about Holpe? Uh, well, we discussed it a bit yesterday with Kevin Weeks. Uh, I think Holpe benefited tremendously from working with Mitch Korn. I wouldn't write off Holpe as an option. I think he's a good goaltender, but I think he was a better goaltender when he had Mitch Korn there working with him a couple of years ago. This day in Oilers history, Brendan, what do you got? Uh, back in 1962, former Oiler uh, Jeff Cortnell is born in Victoria, B.C. He was acquired from Boston in March of 1990 or 1988, excuse me, along with Bill Ranford and, uh, for Andy Moog, and he put up 11 points in 31 games. That was split between the regular season and playoffs. He was then traded to Washington that July for Greg Adams. And not the good Greg Adams. The heavy kind of, in fact, they flipped Greg Adams out pretty quickly as well. Uh, 
there are some similarities. You know, Cardinal didn't exactly find a spot with the Edmonton, bit like Athens CU. Uh, a little bit different situation, obviously, back then. It wasn't a case of qualifying a guy at a $3 million price point. Reed Wilkins has an inside sports edition tonight from 6 until 8 p.m. What's he got shaken? You're going to hear from uh, EE Football long, sli- uh, long Snapper and CFL Players Association Executive Board Member Ryan King, former EE Football President and CEO Len Rhodes, and writer for The Athletic out of Toronto, Sean Fitzgerald. Okay, and uh, tomorrow, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, and our NHL insider, John Shannon, as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy, followed by a simulcast of CHQR 770 with Angela Cocott. And a special thanks to all of you who took time to text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.